Life is short, too short for many of us. Welcome to It's About Time, helping you make the most of life in the days you have. I'm your host, Katherine Hammond, and my experience as an estate attorney, working with clients professionally, while also living a very real, sometimes painful life has taught me a lot. You don't have to do the tricky parts of life alone. Here in this space, we navigate them together. This podcast helps you live as fully, bravely, and beautifully as possible in the ups and downs of your real life. This is a place to make the most of life when you don't have forever. And let's face it, none of us has forever. Welcome. Let's dive in. I recently had a conversation with a member of my law firm team. Many of you know I am an estate planning and elder law attorney by trade, and I still own an estate planning law firm. And so I have an amazing team and had added a new member to the team a few months ago who is one of the most hardworking, positive people that I've ever had the privilege of working with. and. After three months of training, we discovered that her skills simply did not match what we needed in this position, and there was no way to bridge the gap. That was a hard and tender conversation for me to have with her. I also recently had to ask for a refund from a service provider that I've worked with for a little while, but I noticed throughout our relationship that we just couldn't make things work in a way that felt good to us. And for me specifically, a lot of our interactions just left me feeling bad. And while she's very good at what she does, it wasn't working for me. And in having that, I need a refund conversation, all kinds of thoughts come up in my head about how is this going to go? What's she going to think about me? But I made the decision to have the conversation anyway, because it's my money and I want to make sure that I get what I want with my money. I also have a friend who I recently had a conversation with, and I had to share that when this friend is not consistently available or consistently not available, the story that I tell myself is that I don't matter to this person. Now that's something that feels vulnerable, a little bit edgy for me to share. Most of the time in friendships, we just go along acting like everything's okay. Maybe we blow up at some point and have a fight, but it felt important for me to share that. And ultimately it ended up bringing us closer. What we're talking about in today's episode is exactly this. It's hard and tender conversations. What gets in the way of having them, the rewards of having them anyway, a little bit on how to have them. It's interesting because I have historically been a very strange mixture of someone who's willing to talk about some things that make other people uncomfortable, like death and dying. I'm not afraid of that. I also uh, regularly share my true experience in life. And when I published my book last year, Hope Less, The Truth About Hope and Where to Find It, I shared a lot of personal stories and I've gotten some feedback on that. And people who've said, wow, I was really 
impressed or surprised with how much you shared. That that has been um, a basic part of my wiring. And at the same time, I have also historically been somebody who is completely avoidant of talking about important things when I thought that it could threaten a relationship. And so there are things that I haven't talked about up until I'll say last year was a big uh, turning point for me. And I'll say the theme of our podcast is it's about time and it's about time that we got real with each other. And one of the things that we need to get real about is what's really going on with us. Normally, when somebody says, how are you? Like when you walk into a coffee shop and the barista says, how is your day? Most people just say fine and go on and they drink their coffee, but that's not what I do. I tend to say what's really going on. When years ago, when my granddaughter was in the hospital, I would tell the barista, oh, well, I'm getting a coffee to take for me and my daughter to go over to the hospital and visit my granddaughter. And when I respond that way, rather than just by saying fine, what I have discovered is that it gives us an opportunity to really be with each other, me and the barista or whoever else it is that I'm having this conversation with. We have an opportunity to be human together, to really witness each other. And my favorite part of being real about what's going on with me is that whoever I'm talking to often will respond by opening up with what's really going on in their life. And that is something that I treasure. Human connection is what gets us through life and what makes it worth living. And that's why I've started this podcast in a sea of podcasts. The truth is that social media is a veneer. It's so surface. It looks like everyone is doing just fine. And the truth is very different. The truth is we all have really real stuff going on. And we're disconnected from each other. And some days, each one of us are really struggling. But we don't share those kinds of things on social media. We don't share those things with most people in our lives. And uh, that's something that I am a stand for changing, at least within my own world. We're all struggling in some way on a regular basis because life, I mean, have you noticed? It's full of ups and downs, beauty and darkness. And when we don't share in that with each other, we feel alone. Many of us have health challenges, relationship challenges, work challenges, money challenges. And every single time I share about something that I'm struggling with, either now or something from my past, many people say, me too, or I thought it was only me. And that's why I shared so much of my personal story in my book, Hopeless. I don't want people to feel alone and I don't want to feel alone in life. 
sometimes the hard and tender conversations that we have mean not just being vulnerable about where we are today, but asking for what we want, which if you haven't figured this out already is absolutely necessary if you want to actually get what you want and become who you want to be. As I look back over my life, I wish that I would have had a lot more of these kinds of conversations where I clearly and directly asked for what I want. I spent a lot of time with a lot of stories going on in my head, all the reasons why I shouldn't, I shouldn't, or I shouldn't have to ask for what I want. And the other thing that's gone along with that is being, as I mentioned, overly tolerant of other people, even when they're not meeting uh, baseline expectations or agreements for how we're going to do this relationship together. So what, what makes a conversation hard? What's my definition of a hard conversation? Well, one thing is a conversation that makes you and or other people feel uncomfortable. You know, that's feeling that you get in your stomach, a little bit sick to your stomach, might be a stabbing feeling, or maybe it's something that just feels really vulnerable for you, showing your tender side, opening you up to being a little bit hurt because you've shared something that could be used against you, or it may be something that you're afraid to say to other human beings. There are a number of reasons why we avoid hard and tender conversations, but I think most of them come down to one of two things. One is discomfort because you all know the kinds of conversations that before you even have them, you have the butterflies going on in your stomach. They are fluttering, fluttering, and you wonder what's going to happen. So there's that discomfort that many of us tend to stay away from. And then there's also fear, fear of what's going to happen next after you have the conversation. That's why so many people put off estate planning. They don't want to talk about their mortality. They don't want to face their mortality. Some people are afraid if they talk about it, that it might actually happen. Ultimately, that fear, fear of any conversation typically comes back to a thought or a fear that we can't handle whatever comes up in that conversation. Or what if I just mess it up? And then what? There are several different types of hard and tender conversations. And in terms of categories of these conversations, one of them is that there's something more or different that I need from you. It might be a spouse or an adult child or your boss or your coworker or your employee. And there's something more or different that you need. And you're not sure exactly how that's going to be received by the other person. And if we don't know how it's going to be received, we start thinking, oh my gosh, They could get really upset. It could be the end of our relationship. 
Another hard and tender conversation that we might have is getting clarity on something that's tender with another human being. It might be checking in on the status of a relationship, a personal relationship, a professional relationship. How is this really going for you? What do you need more of? What do you need less of? It might be that there's some distance in a relationship. Asking what's happening for you, even bringing up the fact that there is some distance can feel a little bit tender. It might seem easier just not to know, to play pretend like the distance isn't there. And that's what many of us do. It could be that a hard and tender conversation needs to be had when what you want is going to take you in a direction away from somebody else who matters to you from a boss or a partner or a spouse or even another family member, a parent or an adult child. And then the other kind of hard and tender conversation that I'm thinking of is that conversation that you might have when you're not doing so well, when you're struggling. We tend to portray ourselves as having everything together on social media, yes, but also to a large extent with the people in our personal lives. And I see a correlation for myself and with other people that sometimes the more we feel like we're struggling, the harder it becomes to talk about with other people, to admit to ourselves and to others. And fear of that conversation, fear of sharing how deeply you're struggling leads to a deep sense of isolation. And it also leads to suicide sometimes. And I want to be part of breaking that cycle of holding things in where we could have gotten help. The the biggest challenge in having hard and tender conversations is the fear of what's going to happen when we have them. A couple of years ago, when my husband, Brian, who has incurable cancer, was on chemo. His cancer had come back. He had a number of tumors in his abdomen. And we had a conversation about what to do with his ashes if he died before me. And that conversation was painful. I didn't want to think about it. He didn't want to think about it. It was tender. There were a lot of tears involved. And it was beautiful. It brought us closer. It reminded us how much we need each other. We have to let each other in to those tender places if we want that kind of deep connection. And yes, sometimes we might mess it up, whatever that means. There's no right way or wrong way to do it. The only thing that matters is being honest. And if you say something that a a moment later you realize wasn't quite the right way to say it, 
wasn't quite true to you or it wasn't as kind as you would have wanted, go back and clean it up and tell the other person uh, what you wish you would have said. Ask for forgiveness if you've hurt them. Because if we avoid these conversations because we're afraid that we will mess them up, then we'll never get what we want. We will have completely unnecessary distance in our relationship. We'll never have the opportunity to become close. It's inauthentic. We play nice and we pretend like everything's fine, but it's not real. There's a book that I love called Crucial Conversations that says we only have two choices. One is to talk it out and the other is to act it out because issues don't go away. If you don't talk about them, it's not like they leave the building. They're still hiding there under the carpet and they grow and they grow and they grow and they become the lens through which you see the other person. And it then starts to dictate how you act with this other person because you're seeing them through this lens and that creates resentment and that ends up changing the whole relationship. I have watched so many personal and professional relationships and simply because somebody was afraid to have clear and direct conversations. And I'm smiling as I say that because that for years was me at work. I avoided hard conversations. I avoided holding people accountable. And ultimately that kept me from getting what I wanted. And it kept me from having the most effective team that I could have had. And last year, as I mentioned, was a turning point for me. We were working with a consultant who came in and got to know me and the the rest of the leadership team and the rest of the team at my estate planning law firm. And he pointed that out as something that would be an important change for me to make, to start having clear and direct conversations and holding people accountable. And I'd been afraid of it all of my life, all of my career. I played a a little bit too nice. And I finally made the decision to just move through the discomfort and start speaking real truth to people with love. And I changed that. And honestly, it had some pretty drastic consequences at work. There were a number of people who had benefited from my over-tolerance and over-generosity who were not up for having this kind of relationship. Now, We have a team full of people who are ready to have these conversations. And the the pain of moving from a team that I was comfortable with to a team who is really up for having clear and direct conversations with each other, I would not trade that discomfort and the pain for the world. And ultimately, 
at some point we have to decide, would you rather have the short-term discomfort of having these conversations or continue with long-term dysfunction? There are a lot of rewards of diving in and having these hard and tender conversations. You have the possibility of finally getting more of what you want. And yes, I used to think, well, I shouldn't have to ask for this, especially in my personal relationships with my partner or spouse. But you can't really get what you want if you don't ask for it, if you don't communicate it. Ideally, not on the complaining side after you didn't get what you want, but ahead of time saying, here's what I really would like from you. We also, when we have these conversations, have the opportunity to be witnessed in our real experience. And oh my gosh, witnessing another human being's experience is one of the best things on earth for me. When you get real with me, or when you create a space where I can be really real with you, those are the most fulfilling moments of my entire life. Being known. That, that's what I'm here for. And I can't be known if I don't have uncomfortable conversations. Andrea Gibson is one of my very favorite poets. And she says, you fear you are not strong enough to do the hardest thing only because you don't yet know that doing the hardest thing is exactly what will help you know your strength. The biggest reward in having hard and tender conversations is coming to know yourself, your beauty, your power, your strength. So here's an invitation for you. What conversations have you been avoiding? What are you afraid of? What if you could be witnessed and known? What if you could experience more of your own beauty and strength? What if you could find parts of yourself that you never knew existed and develop deeper, more satisfying relationships? Would it be worth the risk that you mess it all up? I think so. I invite you to think about one or two of the conversations that you've been avoiding and have them. See what happens. See if you don't find more beauty and strength within yourself and maybe even in your relationships. I love you. I'm on this journey with you and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you could take just a couple of minutes to write a review of this podcast, wherever you listen, that will help others find us here too. For more information and support for your real life, head to katherinehammond.life or follow me on Instagram. For estate planning in the state of Colorado, you'll find my estate planning and elder law firm, Hammond Law Group, at coloradoestateplan.com.